it has something embedded in it that's fundamental to life, which is kind of like, how do you pilot your system? If you're not in combat and you're not just like, you know, doing yoga, trying to like discover inner natures of the universe and reality and of yourself, parkour is like the fundamental baseline program for, you know, piloting, I would say, your, your body through, through different types of terrain. Hi, Louis here. Glad that you're also sticking by. Today on Swapping Shoes, I had the honor to chat with Brandon Douglas. Brandon is one of the strongest representations of high-level parkour in the US. His movement is featherweight, mature, and yet really powerful. Pure delight. B-Dog also hosts one of the coolest parkour podcasts called High Drop. Since the year of 2014, I'm hooked to it. We talked about being curious to learn from a guru, interest and retention in parkour, community dramas and a lot more. Now tune in, take a deep breath and join us for this chat. This is Swapping Shoes with Brandon Douglas. Maybe I, like I'm still recording. Let's do this. Okay, yeah. Hey, hello. Hello, Brandon. Welcome to Swapping hey, Shoes. Hey, thank you for having <laughs> me, man. Wow, it's so good to be here. <laughs> What a struggle, man. I know, man. Oh Let's my talk God. about it. It took, it took us long enough to get here. <laughs> Jeez, dude. I was like, like three weeks, maybe? Three weeks. Three weeks, but we, we stayed persistent. <laughs> yeah, I was so embarrassed when we didn't get the, the first one off because I had this whole thing. I've been getting into all kinds of like weird things lately, or maybe not weird to you, but for me, they've been kind of like, all right, new explorations. And so I've been, I went and followed, uh, do you know who Sadhguru is? Saguru? Have you heard of him? No, 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 no. Yeah. Anyhow, he's just like this Indian um, mystic kind of guy, a guru, you mm -hmm. know? And so he has this course online. I did this course. Anyhow, I got really into his studies. And so he has this festival. The night before we were supposed to have our podcast, he had this thing where he's like, okay, this is, you know, basically the cosmic energy of the universe. It's a good idea to stay up all night because your spine can take some of this cosmic energy and you know for me i'm just like i don't even know if i understand it but I'll, I'll see what happens like i don't have anything to lose i didn't have to work the next day and i figured i could stay up all night it's been a while i thought maybe i'd go on a night mission and go training or something because it'd be like oh cool excuse but then it was snowing so anyhow i stayed up all night but <laughs> like right at dawn i was like all right i just just give me a few hours and i, I set my alarm but it was it was for it was my, my phone was on silent. My phone was on silent. Or even if it didn't go, maybe I was just so conked out from staying up all night <laughs> that I just missed the, the ah, yeah, I remember. I, I remember the one you, so the one you mean. Cause I usually try to keep, <laughs> but who's this guy? Sadhguru? What, what type of, 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 uh, yeah, well, I mean, the, the whole that? idea, yeah, it is spirituality. And I don't know exactly what his, um, what he would call his brand of it. I think he just, he just calls it yoga. It's just ancient yoga. Um, wisdom passed down through the generations and he mm -hmm. you know allegedly is one of these enlightened beings and so that's just has my curiosity right now you know <laughs> enlightening beings. yeah i don't know if that you know i just i've been fascinated with the idea of that um over the last few months and so i just started started following more and more of this stuff and so okay, who gives who gives you the 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 power to entitle someone enlightened human human being. I'm, I don't mean you. I mean, like, mm. who told this guy that he's an enlightened human being? Well, I think the real enlightened human beings, they would never say that they're enlightened. And I've never heard him <laughs> say it. I've never heard him say that he actually is like, he never calls himself enlightened or whatever. <laughs> um, but basically, as far as I understand it, and this is, you know, rudimentary understanding, but... <laughs> You know, you get your level of consciousness to a certain level. You uh, you have a certain like, you know, maybe it's through meditation. Sometimes it's through just divine intervention. Sometimes other like enlightened beings can maybe impart some of this wisdom on you mm -hmm. or this awareness. You know, obviously psychedelic drugs. Sometimes people think that they gain this kind of consciousness where they are, you know, one with the universe. Um, there's may there's a few different avenues, but I think with him in particular, his story was that basically he was just sitting on a rock, you know, he was living his life. He was a pretty successful young man. He was kind of going through, um, you know, becoming whatever kind of man he was going to be. And then he was sitting in meditation 
and he just had this enlightening enlightened experience because he was uh and this is where it gets really trippy because then he goes you know you might think it goes into his past lives and some of the work that he did in those things and and i don't know if Mm -hmm. you believe in reincarnation i don't even i'm just curious about all this stuff i feel like i want to know about it so for him it would be like he just realized like a oneness in that moment sitting on a rock when he was like 25 and then over the years um you know, I've just studied him a little bit, but basically it just can happen to people, especially if they're already at this high level of consciousness, consciousness, or sometimes it seems like if they've done like certain, you know, karmic work in their past lives, they might arrive at it like more easily or more readily. And he, you know, now like what I followed and it's crazy talk potentially, but it's just like, (laughs) he's like through his past two lives, like the way he first became enlightened apparently was, you know, a spiritual master, like he had sought spiritual master or oneness with the universe and failed, you know, through loads of meditation and stuff. But then some guy came along and basically like gave him enlightenment or whatever that would be. <laughs> and, um, and, but, but in and, the process, like, you know, kind of commissioned him to, to do some yogic work. So like he ended up coming mm-hmm. back through these other two past lives to kind of finish this process. And that's where he's at now. And he says that, he doesn't say this in so many words, but he says, like, as far as I can tell, this iteration of his life for him is like, this has happened before. He's lived in other lives. And ah, okay. here he is. He's he's here to finish, like, his his yogic work. And part of what it didn't work last time is that he wasn't very amicable. He wasn't very, he couldn't get the community to rally around some of the work he was doing. And so that's why he's appeared now as kind of this, like, celebrity figure. I mean, you know, there's, you haven't heard of him and mo- most people on the earth haven't because everyone can be a celebrity now and no one really, you know, half the planet can still be completely unaware of you. Yeah. But, but, um, because he's, he's here, he feels like this is his last iteration and like he did the work and now he's just kind of like planning his, you know, you know, there's all sorts of crazy things. It's like they, you know, these yogic masters, they, they believe in so many things like reincarnation. They have like the ability to leave their body um, in di- various different ways, like w- during death and like have certain aspects of their consciousness survive and reform and like work with other, um, energies. And like, you don't even, I, I don't, I, I honestly, like, I'm just super interested in it because. In what do you believe? Because who knows why? Yeah. Who knows life? Yeah. Who knows life yeah. is a good question, but in what do you believe? Um, well, I just believe like, and this is one of the reasons I like him. You know, he's, he's really not like, he'll, he'll go into some of this stuff if you really like look for some serious lectures and things, but for his mo for the most part, he's all about just like condition your body, like do science of yoga and, you know, just do these practices, train basically your body, train your spiritual body. And it's a lot like parkour. It's like, you know, you can do some really cool superhuman looking stuff with um with spiritual mastery the same way that you could do it with parkour mastery of the physical domain and and i actually think there's a lot of overlap between what parkour athletes do and some of these yogic meditations and energies and i I think i like the way that it informs like you know what kind of energies we work with in parkour and i just believe that he like he's a big proponent of experience. A lot of the gurus I like, they're all just like, look, don't take it for my word. Like just practice these things, see if they work for you. If they don't like, you know, tell me to fuck off. Like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. They're not really like trying to spread the message except for when people ask them, you know, what they think of the world. And they've got a lot of momentum behind them. Some of these guys, because it seems to be Mm -hmm. like a lot of people it's working for them. So I just like to follow, um, you know, my curiosity And I like to follow like what seems to be working or if I can't figure him out, like the way he can talk about reincarnation and spiritual mastery and things, it's mesmerizing to me because I don't really understand it, but it's not like I think he's lying. I don't really think he's like full of it. So I'm just like, what is that? What does he know that I don't know that he can talk that way? And, you know, I believe him. So it's very interesting. Like, I, I feel you, I know what you mean. And I'm also very curious about all of it. Because I, w- what is life? We don't know it. Mm. Like, we don't know if this is just a matrix or mm. if reincarnation is a thing, if we're souls floating around the earth or whatever it is. 
Um, but in another way, I really like the fact that this is the way that he perceives the road and he can explain his existence through this, um, this like language, like mm -hmm. whatever he says, his reincarnation or his lives or, um, his presence right now or feeling enlightened or his meaning. That's the way that he sees himself in the road right now. And that's the way that he like tells you what he is all about doing, living right now. So I just respect it because maybe in my mind through all my experiences and everything that I know about life, uh, this makes no sense, but <laughs> I can take some of it and interpret this in my own way. And probably that can teach me a lot also, just like the mindfulness or the condi conditioning of the body. So if you have a, like a strong physical body, you can have a stronger mind or, or vice versa, you know, all this type of stuff. So I'm not, a, I don't believe in reincarnation so much, but I don't discard it because who am I to tell yeah. you? <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe there's God, <laughs> maybe there are angels, maybe Satan is watching me, yeah. telling me to do, to say this right now. <laughs> So, like, I, I, I just want to know. I'm curious also because I want to know what, what these persons, these people have to tell us. You know, it's curious. It's weird. It, yeah, it's very interesting, and I feel like it's a great opportunity because, you know, because we the world is so interconnected now. It's like, okay, I could study like more of cultures like my own, like American. You know, I could go deeper into that, but I have a really good experience of that already, and so these other sides of the world and the way they're thinking about life and speaking about life, it's just like, well, that's going to be way more interesting right now to me. Um, but who knows? I, I honestly, I could try to explain it, but I also don't know that that's even like, I could come up with lots of reasons why I think I'm interested, but maybe that is even part of the mystery. Like why I'm, why am I going in this direction? Cause as far as I can tell, it's the same kind of feeling. It's just a genuine curiosity, a genuine interest in it. The same way I had for parkour and it feels like it's the same path, the same journey, you know, like the thing that took me into parkour and took me through all these like amazing journeys through parkour is taking me further into some other realms now. And so it's not that mm -hmm. um, my parkour journey has ended. It just means that it's enriched now by new domains of interest. And, um, yeah, that's sick. And, and it also, because it came towards, this was the, the path that seemed to be evolving me. You know what I mean? Like the same way that I would find challenges to try to evolve me or I, that's why I stayed in parkour so, and I still am in it is because it, it was so fruitful mm -hmm. for, for uh, my just experience of life that, you know, I just, I'm, I'm still hunting for fruits, I guess. And uh, there was more fruits in this area than I expected that I would, you know, be interested in when I was younger, for sure. When you when you got into parkour, um, did you get into it a lot because of this mental uh, game, like this curiosity? Was it more for the curiosity or for the physicality? I don't know. <laughs> I I really like the physicality, to be honest. <laughs> I really do. Um, I think I probably got into it because of the physicality, but then what made me stay with it and what made me what evolved from the physicality was a, like and pretty early on, I would say I became more interested in like the mental benefits and the way that it can like change your mind, the way it operates and the way you can use it as like a tool to sharpen your mind um, or a grindstone. Like your training can be like a grindstone to sharpen your mind. Yeah. That's so that that's what fascinated me pretty early on. And that's where I started to go into that direction. Mm. I see. So maybe that was one of the first uh, doors that you opened also. Yeah, without... That also led you to be curious right now about uh, Shagpa. What is his name? I'm sorry. Uh, Sadhguru. 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 He has That's... a real name, but everyone calls him Sadhguru, which means... Un it actually means... Uh, oh, what does it mean? Sad means like untrained or like unlearned or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like he hasn't studied the books. He hasn't studied the religious texts like a mm -hmm. lot of gurus have. So he's an untrained or like un, mm. like non-traditional guru is like kind of what his name means apparently. Because he just kind of like, like I said, he had this awakening experience where it's not like he knows the scriptures like a lot of people that really are really into that stuff do. So that's another fascinating thing about him. Mm -hmm. But so, do you think that uh, parkour was one of the f doors 
uh, that you opened, that you went across? hundred percent. To be curious about this stuff? Oh, I think so. hundred percent. Like, I think the same way I looked at like David Bell and the Yamakasi when I first saw them in, in like a, or Sebastian or, you know, I don't actually know who I saw when in what order. Cause I was pretty young when I first saw like the Ripley's believe it or not, um, television mm -hmm. show. And I probably saw some jump London footage online before I actually ever started practicing. But the same way I had this fascination, I was like, wow, this guy can get himself to jump over a roof. Like that's insane. But I need to know how to be able to do that. You know, I'm like, I want to know like what could possibly go through your mind that that is an okay decision for you to make. And you feel, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't think he was crazy. Like, I don't know why I was just like, that guy's not crazy. He knows what he's doing. I need, I want to know what that is like to know that. And so, but the, the, the body part, you were not so concerned because you kind of knew that that could be possible, right? Like, you know, that, that was, that was physically possible, but you didn't know that you could do it um, mentally. It was What both. It was like, I couldn't believe it was physically possible or mentally possible because, you know, I think that obviously the manpower gap is pretty iconic in all of our minds, mm -hmm. but that was definitely one of those images where I was like, who can, you can do that. Like human <laughs> beings can do that. Human a human being can jump that far and land like that and roll away. Like that makes that like, so yeah, definitely both. But, um, it's still kind of, it's kind of unbelievable. Like we see everything that parkour people are doing nowadays, but imagine mm -hmm. you, you are the only one who is out there doing it. Like, like be, imagine being Kazuma and Yamakazi and David Bell, and you are the mm -hmm. only one out there in the road. There's no internet, just Jackie Chan movies and people doing crazy stunts. And you're like, Hey, let me see. <laughs> you look at them. What what was in their mind when they saw it for the first time and they realized, I can do it. <laughs> it's a crazy thought. That is exactly it, right? <laughs> that is exactly it. Because, you know, I don't know who did the manpower gap or any of these things first, but let's say, you know, whoever that is, we all know what it's like to break those challenges. And to break that is, we know that it it's so much harder. <laughs> and so for him to break it when he did, you know, years and years ago, but in really being the first to really do some of these things, <laughs> like, I still think I haven't even approached that level of um, potential, you know, because it's, it's still a little bit derivative every generation of like what, you know, we all get a little bit of an easier boost of what's possible, mm -hmm. knowing what's come before us. So yeah, it's like the unlocking challenge thing, you know, like if you and a, a mm. buddy of yours see a challenge, it's just really hard for the first one. As soon as you see the other one doing it, you're like, okay, it's possible. So you can just try it also. But the level of yeah. potential, which is a terminology I never heard before, but level of potential is is really crazy to think about it. Because what is going on in Verki's mind now, nowadays? You know, mm -hmm. Or uh, Jared <laughs> Nahulu, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> it's, you did a good job. It's a crazy level of potential that for me is 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 still unbelievable every time i see something from these guys i'm like okay i understand that this is possible but how did you put this in your mind that you can't do it right now <laughs> <laughs> absolutely man yeah but you've been training oh now God. for how long this is the beginning of uh, my 11th year of training mm. 11th year okay i thought you were even yeah. more old school you're, you're all there for I'm while. I'm old in age, but I'm not really <laughs> that old in like the school, you know. I wish I got started like I I saw parkour when I was twelve, like I said, mm -hmm. I think on TV. And I knew I wanted to do it then, but I actually took me about nine years before I actually started training. Um I was in college and I finally felt like free enough and like independent enough mm -hmm. that I could just kind of do what I wanted and that's what I wanted to do um at that time i was really surprised when you said on the chat leap that you were 32 i i could not believe that yeah. i thought you were 25 i still think you're 25 you look 25 hey appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> yeah man you look 25 too how old are you you're turning 30 as well I'm pretty turning soon 30 yeah, in two months too nice i mean the crew of 30 this year <laughs> thank you for joining us man we need some numbers in this crew we all need a little help <laughs> it feels so much better when we see somebody come on to this side <laughs> and you also said that you feel the best you've ever felt kind of in, right now i would say yeah like there's obviously the regeneration is not quite at the same height you know like i think my body regenerated faster when i was younger but mm -hmm. i wasn't doing the nutrition right and i wasn't training right and i wasn't um I think actually, you know, again, 
spirituality and emotional um training can come into like how you actually like how your body recovers Mm -hmm. and i wasn't doing any of that right so even though i think my body would have like recovered even better have i done everything i'm doing now i think i probably you know i need more time in between hard training days now but yeah i can peak just as high as or higher than i ever have if i if i put the work in and it's really not because of my body it's mostly because of life stuff that is you know i you know i have to create income for myself i have other dreams and interests i don't want to be um i just don't have the energy to focus 100 percent on training like i used to Mm-hmm. Um, but the passion is still there to focus on it. So yeah, it's interesting because I also have much better posture. I've just learned better things along the, along the road. And so I've taken that with me and I, I would say that like my level of potential is, is highest for sure. Um, and my, my risk averseness is also higher. So I'm not as willing to take on as much risk. And that's one of the reasons why I maybe won't be seen doing as many crazy things as maybe I used to do. But at the same time, because I feel like my my skill level, my technique, my mental game is all still growing, with just a little bit of physical training, I I can really quickly catch up and surpass like whatever I've ever done. Mm, um, I see. It's like, do, do, you, do you imagine like a line of like a level, which maybe your standard training session when you were 27 years old or 26? So mm-hmm. it was like a, from zero to 100%. 100% is the highest, riskiest thing you could do, like physically, mm-hmm. mentally possible. And when you were 27 years old, you were always like a, maybe 40. And you, sometimes you would go to up to 100. Pop, mm-hmm. With peaks of craziness and <laughs> uh, pushing yourself to the limit. But right now, you're 32, right? Um, yeah. 32, you're level of like average training challenges is higher you don't get closer to the 100 but you're always up there like between the 70 and the 50 is there some because for me I, that's how i feel right now like mm-hmm. i don't do the same crazy things that i did like five years ago but i feel that everything i do is like is higher level and it takes me less effort and i can control risk and like you, you do you understand do, do you feel this way too yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely do. Yeah, it's like, it's just a maturity yeah, mm-hmm. in, in every way, in all aspects that, yeah, I, feel, I just feel like, I don't, I don't quite think of it the exact same way, but yeah, I feel like my stock has risen. Like, there's always going to be spikes <laughs> as long the way, but like, in general, over time, um, you know, I'm capable of more. Like, things that would have scared me things that would have felt like a hundred too back in the day yeah they don't actually feel like a hundred anymore ah yes. you know it's a good like point. they it's just that that hundred is actually oh i realized that that's me at like a 67 or something uh-huh. and you know and the hundred is probably always kind of like this carrot <laughs> that you never really get um because i think that's kind of part of what's what's amazing and part of this mystery of what life is is that you don't really know what you're hundred percent ever looks like um until maybe you're dead or something Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's, it's, it's because the the limit is also so bendable is that the word it's like mm-hmm. like yeah you think that the limit right now is to do a kong double gainer for example just giving like a really abstract idea mm. but the 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 limit is a kong double gainer but in fact it's not as hard as a kong gainer pre mm. So maybe sometimes you think like uh, your limit was this 17 feet roof gap. <laughs> but as a matter of fact, you can do 17 feet rail pre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's a bendable type of limit. It's yeah. Yeah, but maybe it's limitless. I think you can, you can get better forever. I'm sorry I'm using this because I have hay fever now. Oh, that's all good. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it's that spring. I mean, it's the first day of spring, at least, you know? Yeah. yeah. Are you, you're in Colorado. In yep. Denver? Yeah, Denver. Outside of Denver, it's a suburb called Lakewood. Mm. And what are you doing right now? Are you coaching and stuff? Is that your, your job? No, um, I, I work at what's called the Human Universal Health Institute now. 
and it's a like biological mm-hmm. medicine center and um, integrative like dentistry and uh, it's a nonprofit and education center. It's like a it's it's a really interesting kind of w- new type of business that I think we're going to see more of over the course of you know the next few decades and centuries is just again like the, our evolution you know as a species even I think is really interesting and so we're coming to a, a new paradigm of what healthcare might look like and so that's what this business is sort of aimed at providing is basically a more integrative approach because uh the way we have it now is starting to look antiquated you know i don't know what your experience is with that but we have you know really good um surgical interventions and stuff like that for for trauma but we don't understand Mm -hmm. like disease the way that we ought to you know like in mainstream medicine and so I started working with with this company a few years ago, two years ago now actually, and so my my parkour stuff is has um, at least in terms of employment is I I've, I don't really get any work from from parkour anymore except I do get to apply you know okay. some of the the skills in that new job and I and I still look to expand my own podcast and things, but mm-hmm. training it, it's purely. So, but what what do you do in the in this 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 uh institution i do well that there you go like there's i mean i do some of the web design i do some of the Mm -hmm. um email and like startup like it's a lot of like startup kind of type work where you kind of wear lots of hats so we're building like different systems to make sure that um, people can make appointments and it's all streamlined and i kind of help them do the computer stuff because they're they're smart like medicine people and healers and educators um but they don't have the easiest understanding of you know the computers and stuff that like the things that like our generation really it's it's pretty easy for us like learning how to use um upload content and for filming stuff like I, i help them produce content you know because i have confidence with cameras and things through parkour and so just helping them do stuff like basically they need uh they need people that just understand computers to help them evolve their business so that's more scalable and more streamlined and efficient and that's what i consider actually Mm -hmm. there's no official title you know they might say i do marketing and stuff but i would say like i'm an efficiency like engineer (laughs) or something i'm trying to like make their business more efficient and like help them reach people that they need to be reached reaching and put on events um it's pretty interesting though like i honestly couldn't define it and that's one of the cool places parts about working there is the industry is kind of undefined so we have to do like research sometimes and other times it's it's um getting the message out and sometimes we have you know it's a dental dental practice as well so there's patients coming in for for their teeth and there's patients coming in for just diseases and things um and people who just want to optimize their body like that's what got me interested in it initially is the benefits it could provide in my training is like learning all about biology and learning about the human you know suit that we're wearing you know uh that that (laughs) helped me and i had like i had my own disease problems i had some rash that was developing and i had no idea like i couldn't get it fixed um but once i started diving and working with them and working a little more under the microscope of like what my, what I'm eating and like what kinds of uh, daily practices I have and, and just understanding my biology and my microbiome and, you know, my immune system and stuff like this, I learned how to take care of myself much better. And that's one of the reasons why I think I'm still in the game because I've learned to manage like inflammation a lot better, for example, Ah, um, of the body and of the joints and stuff like that. And that, that, that certainly helps my training a lot, especially as I've aged. And also, you, you, it seems like you found purpose on this job somehow, right? Because it's a, it's, a, it's a company that you believe in their purpose. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, you could say that. I definitely, like, was looking for something. Like, you know, it was honestly really um, hard to make the transition because I felt, like, a lot of love for parkour, but I felt like I was stagnating and I needed to expand in some direction. And, um, mm-hmm. before I even knew that I was going to enjoy this job, I kind of like just l- listen to my body and listen to like, just whatever it is, your heart or, you know, whatever they tell you to listen to. And it told me to kind of go in this direction. And it was actually really painful for the first year of like reorienting my identity, like not being so embedded in parkour. 
Um, but yeah, now I definitely see like kind of why I did that, you know, and I see like why it, it fills a need in my life to expand in this way. And so I'm really excited and I hope that they, you know, tie in with each other even more in the future and that I can offer, you know, more to the world of integrative medicine through parkour and, and bring everyone's like attention back towards parkour always, because I feel like that was the first you know, thing that I really did for myself was start my parkour training. And, um, and so I don't mm-hmm. want to ever, you know, re- re- neglect the community yeah, that yeah, I came I from. That's cool. But do you think that is, is it possible? No, do you think that it's possible to find like, a like to research from parkour? Like to find, like, because of course what you're doing seems like the ideal uh methods like you're into the parkour road and into the community and into your own discipline and you're branching out into these new things and figuring out what can you can bring back to you so you can put back it back into the community but do you think is there a possibility mm-hmm. to from within parkour you still research and find uh, a way to like make it like grow better more sustainable economically all of it yeah i think so i think that's what i'm trying to still maintain with my podcast and with just maintaining a relationship to it just continuing to train um i think that it's like inevitable that i will discover like all these things that you're kind of talking about like i will i will find more sustainable things or i'll continue to grow like i never go out training and like come back empty-handed you know if i really go (laughs) you know so it's like um just like even just being aware of that now and like you know i just have a different relationship to my training and and just enjoying how it's evolving um has been again at times it was hard but now it's like i'm really starting to get into it i get into the idea that like oh i don't have to have the same mentality every time like or i don't have to have that peak mentality like i used to have and and so I'm exploring like all these other facets and I'm getting actually more in touch with the community in some ways than I ever was because partly when I was so focused on the training, I was like really focused on me and like what I'm doing and like all the training I wanted to do. And this has helped me actually in this new phase, really learn more about my peers than I, you know, used to even care, to be honest. Like I used to be pretty interested in my training. Now I'm even more interested in other people's training and, and everyone's ideas and, it's helped me just mature to appreciate what the community brings from, you know, not being so inside it and feeling like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like some distance actually helps me see where it is and where, what, what, what it, what it needs even sometimes, you know, I think when I was really mm-hmm. inside it, I think people sometimes get this thing in their head where they think they can't think outside of parkour. And so they are actually putting a ceiling on like what they can do or what is yeah. meaningful and like, there's so many things that the world can take from parkour, but it's not necessarily what you think when you're training your first five years of training and you're just so in love with it that you don't even understand how someone else is not so in love with it. <laughs> yeah. And so, but by understanding how people are not so in love with it and how the world keeps turning regardless of your, the way you're training <laughs> and, you know, like some of these other things, you can actually see, you know, more opportunities for growth and more opportunities for parkour to expand, I think. So um i'm really excited to see just where it goes and obviously it's you know whether or not i'm involved i just am so always like excited to see when people like you are doing things like this you know and expanding the community in such the exact same way i'm talking about Mm -hmm. you know you've interviewed all these awesome guests on your podcast and um it's so great because i've wanted to interview some of these guys but i just couldn't (laughs) get around to it and now i could just listen to swapping shoes and i feel like like it's just so good, you know, like, I just like that there is, um, there's just more happening in, in the, um, in the sphere that, that, you know, it's really important that we all participate in whatever way we feel we want to and are inspired to. Yeah. But like the, the, the work you are doing for parkour is incredible for a very long time. When, when did high drop start? 2014, 13? 14, 2014. 
Man, it's the oldest parkour podcast in the world, right? I think so, but I don't know. I don't know for sure. You know, who knows? There might be someone in Brazil or like, you know, who knows where like the first one started. It might be, but... Um, but it's still going, which is which is def- really good. If, and it's good. Like, yeah. I love the, the, the thing that you mentioned about um, if you think too much that the, the world is just parkour and you close yourself under the ceiling that everything is parkour and you don't understand why people don't do it and they don't love it. So then you stop mm-hmm. uh, letting more information and more uh, wisdom coming and enriching it to a higher level. Mm. And I think that's really, really necessary. Um, do you think that we live now in a bubble, the community? Mm, I think we live in... No, I don't think we live in a bubble, but we have the greatest danger of living in a bubble. Um, but I think we kind of are out of that already. I think there, like the bubble has burst if there was one. Because... Now, if you want to live in a bubble, you can, but the internet is so vastly interconnecting everything that I don't even know that there is, um, there's an actual bubble that like we all live in because like there's just bubbles within the community, but you know, probably more than there's even a single bubble of the community. Like, I don't know how you could even stay in one bubble in the community because there's too much happening. Yeah. But people who don't know, People who don't know parkour, they don't know what is what is going on in this community, in this bubble. They just see like the, the little surface of it, but they have no idea like about your work and about everything that is going on. For example, in Apex uh, and the whole institution of Apex, they just see a little bit of the Don Tomato and and Pasha uh, content, but they don't actually see parkour as a discipline. You think the the public? doesn't like the public yeah. yeah the masses the masses um oh and so that's what you're saying is like maybe they so like we live in a bubble in that we are we all think people understand it but they they aren't yeah mm-hmm. i think that we i think that we think that everyone can see as much as we can see but okay people have no idea on how uh developed somehow but how explored everything inside of our bubble is because it's insane like just by uh, videography for example the level of uh, parkour videography right now is it's extremely high mm. and you see people like kai willis for example that uh, was never a drone pilot but now is shooting movies in dubai mm. or you see claudio voiku and all these parkour people who nowadays, just because of parkour filming, they are shooting big budget projects, you know? Mm. So I think that people from from outside okay. I don't, agree with you don't understand how far we are and we think that they see it, but we are not showing them well enough because we are so focused in our bubble. I agree with you, actually, that, that yeah, there is like... There's a lot of people living in a bubble or or the bubble of parkour. And I wouldn't say like, it's kind of like, it's weird because to me, the community is so big that it includes the people that are outside of that bubble. You know, it inc- includes the, the Kai Willis's that have like kind of moved even beyond it. But I'm just like, anyone that I know about that does yeah. parkour or did it, I kind of consider them that. So like I've expanded it in my mind to be bigger and that's maybe like, uh, trying i'm trying to like trick myself into thinking that so it makes it easier to try to bring more of it into people's mainstream um attention but yeah i would agree that um there is certainly uh, there's a certainly like i even feel outside of that bubble like now to an extent like there's certain things happening where i just i'm like i don't have the uh, attention to t- to keep up with like <laughs> some of the stuff or some of the amazing athletes that are coming out of the woodwork and like the brands and the teams that are that are coming up like there's lots of generations um i feel like the generations of like people that go through the sport is is like it's pretty rapid you know in this internet age um you have like a pretty it's it's not Mm -hmm. it's rare to have somebody who has a really long arc you know through um being relevant in the in the sport and like Jason Paul. Yeah, like Jason Paul. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's pretty rare and we're seeing that how just uh, how rare that is the longer like time goes on. And but at the same time the people that have those long arcs, those are the ones that draw in the most 
probably from the outside world and that's why they have that long arc and so it's interesting because it's always just a balance right because the more you become that that the, the dom tomato or the pasha like the one with the big following the more you characterize the community in a certain light which is just your expression of it and so we can sometimes see it from the inside but like you Mm -hmm. said from the outside it just looks like it's that to their audience you know and so yeah um it's heavy responsibility for them too right i don't know if they ever feel like this or probably they they don't they don't feel like they are to blame of the image that is put outside they're just doing their thing but it's it is a they they have like a like a cape mm-hmm. you know they have to wear that cape of um i am the main represent re- representation of a whole community so yeah it's, it's, I, I do you think they feel this responsibility at all um i think that's i wouldn't be able to say for sure but i bet they do to an extent like i bet they do feel it and and they don't have to like accept it you know or even if they don't yeah, feel it, definitely. they have the responsibility, I would say. Like, it's there. They can be aware of it. They can be kind of ignorant to it. Or they can kind of choose to not engage with it, you know, and just kind of reject the cape. Be like, hey, I don't want to wear that. Or, you know, I didn't ask to wear it, you know. And that's totally up to them. Um, I think that, like, the people that want to wear it and also the people that are willing to listen, like those are the people that will continue to be representing of us because, you know, um, like the whole, uh, you know, I, this is a long time ago now, but you know, the, with the, the thing with Pasha that people were talking about, um, you know, mm-hmm. his, his relationship to this Riley Reed. And I felt like he was one of the ones that was like, all right, well, okay, just, you know, this is who I am, deal with it. And so I think that's a valid response. And it's also valid that the community maybe wants different, you know, representation Mm -hmm. or they want to feel heard by the people that are, you know, so I think it all kind of balances itself out depending on like, you know, there's enough people that still back and like everyone just kind of votes with their attention at at this point in the game, I would say. And so um, it's not really like, like in that situation i don't think like it's a right or wrong thing it's just like people are asking for for that response to that responsibility and you know some people are going to like it and some people aren't and then we go from there but yeah um people are like the community the core community will always kind of elect i would say in one way shape or form they kind of are the we are the like a democratic community in a way. Like mm-hmm. I feel like we elected Storer as kind of like, yeah, we like these yeah. guys representing us, and we liked Pasha and we liked Dom and we like the people that represent us until we don't, you know. And if we start not liking them, then <laughs> then they'll go away because you know people um, that there is a real relationship there. Like you said, I think there's a real responsibility, and uh, and the, and it's and it's always there's always going to be people that love parkour so much that you know people are going to want to bring them up and through the ranks you know there's there's so many amazing people in the sport so yeah, yeah i don't feel like there's any shortage of of potential leaders and and amazing athletes and stuff in our community okay so for example imagine you have a high drop and you have a podcast and you you're spreading your word your message your relationship with parkour and with yourself and with all these amazing people that also come there and you're always bringing out your language your communication to the world it's always you and your podcast mm-hmm. is super honest and it's really nice because it's so honest and it's so cool because it just seems like people talking there's no interview to interviewer relationship at all in any of the podca- podcasts but imagine like putting yourself more, le- m- trying to find an analogy between the situation of passion, Riley Wright, and your podcast. Mm-hmm. Imagine you say something that dislikes the com- community. What would be the, your response? Would you come out and apologize? Like, would you take the responsibility for what you say? What? What would you just say, guys? This is who I am. Just take it. <laughs> oh man, that's a good question, dude. That's so you know you don't know until you know. I feel like. And there could be so many things like it would depend. It would have, I'm sure it would depend on the variables. Like, what did I say? Why did I say it? You know, I'd like to think that I would, um, I would listen and try to 
um, apologize for to people that I you know may have hurt if I hurt somebody because that's obviously not my intention. And I don't think that's Pasha's and and I don't think it's um, I don't think it's for me to say until it happens if it happens. <laughs> but I would say like I would like to think that I would listen and I would you know try to improve my worldview from whatever people are saying you know and mm, yes um nice. we'll see we'll see you know maybe i feel really strongly about it somehow you know you just never know you have to be able to reserve the right to do that too because if it is your truth if it is the truth you know and someone needs to say it um sometimes people are going to get th hate or shade thrown at them for for saying something that needs to be said you know yeah so you, yeah, it's it's always it's always dependent, I guess, on what it is. But that's a little bit of a pride, also. As soon as you get your voice out there and people listen to you because of what you say and what you present to the world, you kind of believe that you have like a more authoritarian authority mm. th authority authority. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like <laughs> you have your truth is more valuable than someone else's. You know, so it's more or less, um, for example, the situation between Jimmy and Daryl mm -hmm. that uh, Jimmy said, I don't have to say sorry. Here we make jokes about accents all the time. And Daryl was like, I feel offended from what you're saying. I just want you to understand that this is offensive to me. So can you just say sorry? And Jimmy's like, I don't give a fuck. You know, this is how we play around here. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, like, do you do you do you understand? Like, I feel that there's there's the balance that we have to find between uh knowing your word and the responsibility that it brings uh, your voice and the responsibility that it brings to have your voice being heard by so many people and that you represent a whole community of people and finding this uh common ground that whatever you say may be ex like what sh what inside of you is your um honest belief of right mm. But for, for other people, it's wrong. So then you have to find, meet them in the middle, you know? It's yeah. No, I agree with you. And I think leadership for, I heard this recently, and I can't remember exactly where, but I think we want people that aren't so self-absorbed, mm -hmm. you know? Like, I think to an extent, like the best leaders, and I'm not saying anything against anyone that feels yeah. like they need to put their self out there. Like, that's important too. But um, you know, selflessness is a, is one of those things that I think people really gravitate towards when it comes to those kinds of situations, like putting your own like desires and wants aside that, that can make somebody have the, the better perspective, you know, um, less biased perspective. It's hard to say, but you know, I would say with the times, the way they are right now, it seems to me like it's a great time to be doing more listening to people that haven't had their voices heard so so many ways in so many ways over the last you know you know since species of human homo sapiens <laughs> existed you know like there's so many things that like have not yet been heard that i think it's a good time to be just err on the other side of of like okay well well it, and it, again it depends what kind of group you're in but jimmy and i are both in this group of like white male and so in a way it's our responsibility to to just acknowledge that and and just see how it plays into our our, um, our thinking on it, you know, because it's good to to be aware of your own bias, and you might have a bias. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't believe in any of that. But I think that it's it's worth it's worth everyone's attention to think about it and really contemplate, you know, where it is you're coming from, where your idea is coming from, where is this idea that like yourself, you know, is is so. Um, like, do you even need to defend yourself? And why do you feel the need to defend yourself? Because that can be a really good question, I think, in those moments. Yeah. Like, maybe there's nothing to defend. You know, maybe someone's just trying to say something. And, and <laughs> why are you taking offense to, to it? To why are you taking... Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a great... It's a great era for us. There's a lot of opportunity for us to do... Um, to have these conversations and do some healing... It's going to be uncomfortable, though, for sure, for, for a lot of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you think people are oversensitive or are you just more open for dialogue right now? I'm open. I'm open for dialogue. I don't, <laughs> I think, yeah, open for dialogue is my, my lean right now. I think oversensitivity is, is not a solution. Um, it's just un, a blaming kind of thing. So it doesn't really, even if people were too sensitive, 
um, that doesn't, you know, oversensitive and what, like, what do you, you know, suggest about that? You know, like, I don't know. I think if that, that's a really lame excuse is like, oh, these people are too sensitive because, yeah. How, how can you judge their, their absorption, uh, level? You yeah. Know? Like you don't know how they take things. They just, they just take things differently than you yeah. do. So yeah. maybe they are oversensitive to you, but for them, they are really trying to control themselves to not be so vulnerable. Mm -hmm. also. And what's mm -hmm. wrong with being sensitive? I mean, oversensitive, I guess, implies like this, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it seems to try to uh, truncate the conversation there. And I, I'm definitely more interested in just letting people hash it out. You know, if you don't want to participate in it, that's fine. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's my opinion, I guess, right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Nice. Let's get back to back parkour. To parkour yeah, like, uh, uh, wh wh why do you love parkour? Ooh, <laughs> that, that's okay. <laughs> I don't know. The <laughs> Sorry, I don't love parkour. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't know, but I do know, right? Like, I don't know what you mean when you say parkour to, you know, the exact degree. You know, what is parkour is um, a question that I'd have to define even before I can be like, why do I love it? You know, everything that I've participated in with the sport has given me just opportunities to grow and learn. And I think there is something like very fundamental about it being just you and your mind and body in relationship to your environment that it just seems very, very core to existence in a way for human beings. Um, it's a study of the body. <laughs> it's a study of the mind and it's a pretty pure study because it's, and it's a study of your environment. So I would say I love the, the way that it integrates lots of really important aspects of study. And, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, I, I just think that you can learn a lot from it. That's pretty much it. Um, I see. Uh, I saw that you're, you're very interested in other stuff too, like fighting. Uh, you did a whole podcast commenting on uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the boxing fight. MMA, the yeah. boxing, boxing, right? Boxing. Tyson Fury, yeah, yeah I Tyson think so. Um, do you think that parkour is more special than other sports? Now this is a great question, right? Because Kai says no. Kai says hell no. <laughs> yes, exactly. Kai says hell no. I understand him though, but <laughs> um, yes, I do because I don't know what. Okay, I do think Kai, or I, th I do think that parkour is more special than other sports because there's so many sports that I don't think have any basis in, um, in, in, I guess, utility or like there's certain things that like, there's a reason that I think they're going to be around a long time, like yoga. Um, yoga obviously means way more than, well, not obviously, but if you know what yoga means, it's way bigger than just like the postures that people, you know, do in yoga class. Um, there's, it's a really ancient study, but the, the idea behind it is a really, baseline study of life and i think martial arts offer like a really you know baseline study of like engaging in combat or self-defense with with another human being or maybe with you know any kind of animal or whatever and i think parkour has this quality where it's like it's it has something embedded in it that's fundamental to life which is kind of like how do you pilot your system if you're not in combat and you're not just like, you know, doing yoga, trying to like discover inner natures of the universe and reality and of yourself. Parkour is like the fundamental baseline program for, you know, piloting, I would say, your your body <laughs> through Ooh. through different types of terrain. So wow. like I think that it has this special quality that's more than just um, you know, I don't know, football or something that, you know, has all the same spirit you know, because you can apply yourself mm -hmm. that way and you can, but, it, but it's not fundamental. Like it's a, it's a specialization of what parkour is to be like, all right. And you want to be catching a ball, you know, with 12 other dudes trying to tackle you or whatever. Um, it's, it's mm -hmm. not, it, there's artificialness to football that I think parkour has a purity that you can't name almost. Wow. That's a very good, very good answer. I'm going to use your arguments forever now, man. <laughs> 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 let's use it let's <laughs> really use good. It. because I, I was talking to one, one of my students and he was telling me like well 
I think that your friend is right um, because I think it's just special f to you who practices and who is a fanatic mm. about it. But for someone who does Kung Fu for their whole life, Kung Fu is really special. For someone who does chess for their whole life, chess is really special. So it's not more special than anything else. It's just really special to you. And I understand it and I understand Kai's point also. But I still think it's special for this reason. It's a good way of piloting yourself through the road and through the environment. And um, th like as in yoga, you also have this uh, mindful discovery of your body and your, your brain and the universe or different dimensions. Uh, I think you can find this also through parkour. You know, I think you just made me have an epiphany of sorts. I think what makes something kind of special and what we're calling it special or creates, makes it, takes it from the realm of like, oh, it's just something to sort of a superpower, like a real superpower, is that in any context, it's relevant to an extent. And no matter where you are, what you're doing, and this might be just something I am not thinking through enough, but it kind of feels like no matter where you are, you take parkour with you. Whereas like if you're learning to play that handball trampoline game where you're <laughs> slapping the ball on the trampoline like that's like so obviously contrived and like actually if you're if you were really high level enough i'm sure you could learn all the same lessons about life through playing any game or just doing mm -hmm. a puzzle right if you're really paying attention but you're not gonna like learn them de facto the way that i think some of these other disciplines that have a more of this um essential life built into them are or do so it's like you can't take the the ball if you don't have the ball on the trampoline. Have you seen that game? <laughs> yeah. You know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. What I you think mean. that I game is mean. like one of the dumbest mean. things. I, like I used to judge it so hard. Like now, whatever. I'm not judging things, but like I just used to. Hate, I used to be like, why would anyone do that? Why would you do that game? It's just like some dude made up for There's money. So many very specific yeah. games, but like. <laughs> To learn nothing from it. <laughs> and I think you can, right? I don't think that's actually, there's like a mutually exclusive thing there where I think if you're awake enough, you know, you can learn anything from anything because everything is so related. Uh -huh. oh, but yeah. I would say that you're going to have a lot easier time um, learning how to do, you know, certain things that are just more relevant and like just more fundamental. Like balancing yeah. or understanding the textures of the yeah. roads and the angles of urban furniture And maybe disposal. it's not specific to parkour, <laughs> this thing that we're talking about. And it extends a little bit into like these other movement practices, like um, Ido Portal's kind of style of practice and, and these generalist things like that share that kind of mm -hmm. broad movement and human study. But... But I think parkour is the best anyway, so <laughs> of all of those. <laughs> is there a name yet for the sport that Ido Portal does or is it just going to be forever called the movement thing Ido Portal um, does? <laughs> I, think, I think he calls it like his specific brand is the Ido Portal method or like um, or just movement. I think they would just call it movement. movement. I think he does a really good job actually of trying to distance himself from like you know, he, I think he knows that a lot of people think like, well, you didn't make all this stuff up. He's like, yeah, I know, but this is just, I'm trying to help people <laughs> learn some shit. And you know, this is my brand. So again, like, <laughs> you know, you, you just have to, you know, take it for what it is, but. Yeah, I like it too. I kind of like it. I, I have a couple of friends from Lisbon who practice a mm -hmm. uh, movement, the portal method type of things. And I really appreciate the way they move and the way they train. I don't like the uh, excessive analysis uh, on everything and the bureaucratic like uh, language mm -hmm. that they use. Uh, I would love this to be a little bit more simplistic, but I really appreciate their their practice. It's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. and. It's very generalist also, and you practice the, the control of the body in a way that I think we as humans completely overlook, like the body control, balance, the yeah. mobility, strength, flow, rhythm, all of this type of things. Yeah, I have to shout out Boulder Movement Collective, actually. I did study under like his one of his schools for 
you know, a few months because I, and I, and it did wonders for, to help me like reorganize my spine and, and, you know, have a better understanding of my posture mm -hmm. and things. And like, so yeah, I, I'd have, I'm not even trying to throw any shade. I would just say that like, I still love parkour yeah, 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 more, yeah, but yeah, I appreciate what they bring to the table as well. Like he's certainly a genius of sorts. Otherwise he wouldn't be in the position he's in. Yeah. yeah well, it's sick, man. And you see Roy, for example, and the guy, he, oh yeah he seems he just practices that and that's mm -hmm. like pure physical excellence do you know any any human that is as athletic as he is <laughs> it's hard <laughs> if he tells me that he can run a marathon man <laughs> superhero right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah the endurance is something that we yeah are not doing so much of but yeah it's good <laughs> Um, I have a question also. Are we reco we're recording swapping shoes now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I figured that would be... Yeah, I've definitely done way too much talking for it to be a height drop now. So I appreciate you letting me come on your podcast and, and talk. Cool, good. Um, all right, so we have to go for TikTok. Okay, let's do TikTok. But before we do, you have to you have to come back and, and do an episode with me one day and I'll actually get to, to ask you questions more. Okay, good. Or just hang We're going to do it. Of course, deal. Okay. Um, so you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. So hip hop or jazz? Hip hop. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Daniel Ilabaca or like Voice Love? I go I gotta go Ilabaca. Sure. David Bell or Sebastian Fulcan? Oh that's a tough one. I am going D B David Bell on that. <laughs> yeah. I gotta go can I go both? Can I go half? <laughs> can I just do both on that? You can go half. So you can go half. Walls or rails? Um, okay, so there's a discrepancy. I gotta now. I gotta bring it to the attention. Is it bars? <laughs> bars, right? Bars, 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 bars. Because I always think handrails with rails too. With I think Tim Champion had the same. Um, brain yeah, fart. I'm sorry, language barrier. You know, it's all good. And I'm still going with, you know what I'm doing is I'm going with walls anyway. So I just brought up that question for no reason. <laughs> but good. You thanks, know, I love, you. I love you rails. I freaking love rails. But I just like to go as fast as I can and as hard as I can. And you can't always do that except on a big swing. So, <laughs> but. Uh, vlogs or podcasts? Podcasts. <laughs> oh wow <laughs> podcast life what a, what about podcast without video Ooh, ooh <laughs> now it's a toss-up <laughs> get those videos going guys um yeah i think depends on the vlog i would say probably podcast still because i like being yeah. able to listen to it while i'm doing other things and vlogs um require i guess a little bit more of my attention so um mm -hmm. It's not as easy yes. to multitask with them. Um, American or European parkour? Shit, son. You're going to make me betray my lands? You're going to make me betray? <laughs> <laughs> there is no Europe or America, right? We all live on Earth. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to oh, go so for you know, <laughs> original parkour, OG European parkour. <laughs> <laughs> all right cool thank you very much thank you very, very good answer appreciate it you don't go outside tomorrow man <laughs> they, they'll be like you betrayed us <laughs> they're gonna throw <laughs> buckets of ice on me or whatever oh man <laughs> do you believe in the difference between american and, and european parkour do you think it's this big because of course there is 100 percent. yeah i think there's yeah it's like a whole different continent. And so there's definitely things that change about it. And there's obviously differences between our communities on in Europe and in America. Everything, everyone's got their own little spice depending where they're living in. Um, and for sure, there's a difference between America and, and Europe and, and just the maturity, the age of our communities is, is different. And there's a whole lot else that plays into the culture and things around yeah. here. So Yeah, but it's crazy because we, we everything that is portrayed about the American parkour outside is like mostly it's like Jesse Flair and Corey DeMaius and like this very mediatic parkour. But we we mm -hmm. we tend to um ignore your scene. You and Max Henry and like Dylan and like like Nicolas Ortiz, we don't talk about these people as much mm -hmm. as we talk about the big like Tempest dudes. And I think that you guys, you completely, you influenced our movement also. You know, like here in Europe. Mm. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think that was what we did best in our community, and 
was at least trying to participate in that global conversation. You know, that was always something that I was inspired to be a part of was like, um, you know, just, I want to, I want to be with like feeling like I'm in, in, in conversation with the whole parkour community around the world, not just, you know, within my nation. So I'm glad. Yeah. We, we love the, so many things that you guys do out there and I've been a long time fan of yours. So appreciate you. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we got to Me finally too. connect. Yes. All right. So thank you, Dan. Thank you, Brandon. Mm. It was a pleasure to have you on Swapping Shoes. Yes, thank you so much. And I'll be waiting for the next three weeks. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to, to match, the, <laughs> the, find the perfect timing also yes. for Hydro. Perfect. But you just let me know when you want and I'll be, I'll be down to, to record with you. Okay, sounds good, brother. Much love. Take care. Hopefully I visit you much soon. Much love. Maybe, maybe I, like I'm still recording. Let's do this. Okay, yeah. Big hello. Hello, Brandon. Welcome to Swapping hey, Shoes. Thank you for having <laughs> me, man. Wow, so good to be here. <laughs> cool. All right. Oh this is gonna go to the the end and the the beginning and the end of the yeah, podcast. Perfect. <laughs>Thanks for listening. I hope that you have enjoyed. Don't forget to check out Breno's podcast. The link is on the description. And if you enjoy what we are doing here, you can support the Arch Club using the link on the description. Have a great week of training or of not training or whatever you're going to do. Just have a great week, bro. Or sis. Or they. And noise. PK for life. See you.